I'm Stephen Pesavento, and welcome to the Name Your Number podcast presented by the Investor Mindset. As someone who comes from a challenging childhood, I've spent my life seeking financial security, personal growth, and ultimately freedom. The freedom to not wake up worried about the next paycheck, but rather with the confidence of knowing that my passive income pays my bills without the need to think about it. When you name your number that you'll earn passively, that creates your ultimate quality of life, then I believe you've achieved real freedom. Welcome to my show. It's time to name your number. You then invite other people into your world who are able to then live that same style of living and really enjoy what they do because they're really good at it and they get a lot from it and they're able to get you closer to that end outcome of you know, making a huge impact in the world, helping all of these tens of thousands of families that live in your units or all the people who kind of trickle down the line from that business and all the benefits that it brings. Welcome to the Name Your Number show presented by the Investor Mindset. We're on a mission to help create financial freedom for over a million investors. And I believe that when you name your number, the amount of money that you wanna earn every single month passively to live the life that you wanna live, then I believe you've achieved real freedom. So today I'm really excited to have uh, Alvin Hope Johnson in the studio today. How you doing, Alvin? Stephen, I'm doing great, man. It's a wonderful day today. I'm looking out at the sunshine and down here in beautiful sunny Texas, man. It's amazing today. Man, so blessed. So, so grateful for the life that we get to live. And I feel like we share a lot of that that view on life and really how great it is that we get to create this life. And for those of you who don't know, Alvin, he is the founder and CEO of Hope Housing Foundation, a nonprofit corporation supporting affordable and workforce housing for low to moderate income families. He's been working in the affordable housing space since 1990. He's got a truly incredible story. I think it's very inspiring and I'm excited to be able to share some of that with you. So I won't take any of that away. But before we get into that, what I'd love to start out with is actually on more of a personal note. By looking back at your life, what events or influences from your childhood shaped who you are today? And how has that impacted you on your money and investing journey? Oh boy, there you go. Well, I'll tell you, man, uh... I was just looking through one of my files this morning at my TED Talk I did back in October. I had a friend call me and her son is going through some things and the thing that I was able to share with her is, is one of the things that happened to me as a child. I was uh, sexually assaulted at nine years old and uh, I didn't remember that until I was 38. And uh, within the last year and a half or so of doing a lot of deep, deep uh, work psychologically and uh, just trying to become my better a better person uh, I realized that the reason that I have been under the radar behind the scenes never wanted to anybody to know who I was was because the night that that creep did that to me and I walked out of the bathroom there were six or eight other kids in the room and so from that moment um, I never wanted to be seen. I never wanted to be heard. I never wanted anybody to know anything about me. And so for 40 plus years, I operated at that level of fear, which 
prohibited me. It, it precluded me from being able to talk to people the way I wanted to because I didn't want to be known. Um, I didn't want to be seen, so I didn't operate as in my full potential. And so um, that trauma uh, that I have been able to release in the last couple of years has, I mean, I, I can't even imagine what it did to me uh, for being, you know, I thought I was an old great man of faith. But I realized I was an old great man of fear because I was doing everything based on, a, oh, God, if I don't do this, this will happen versus doing it out of a knowing. Isn't it such a different place to operate from that place of faith, that place of belief of the goodness that is already here and that goodness that's happening? And I'm so sorry to hear about that trauma that you experienced. And, you know, the truth is. A lot of people face really tough things. So I really appreciate you sharing that with all of us because at the end of the day, whether we've experienced the exact same thing, I know uh, I've been through a variety of different traumas and tribulations and challenges. And it's not until we actually dive in and do the work that you're talking about that we can find out, one, that it's been influencing who we are and how we're showing up, but also that it's a gift. And maybe you're not at that point of seeing it as a gift, but I know that some of the traumas I've experienced have been some of the greatest gifts I've ever received because they forced me, they've driven me to become the person that I am, to be absolutely obsessed with understanding how to think differently and be better and, and do better and help other people. And it wasn't until removing some of those blocks that it actually allowed me to really thrive. And I can, I can feel that energy coming through you that that you're finding another part of yourself that you'd forgotten about. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> that's so interesting that you say that. One of the books I'm reading says, you know, we're all spirit beings having a human experience. And we all came from, uh, from a place that was not human, right? And so from our creator. And we forgot that God has empowered us to do all this stuff that we already want to do. He's already put everything in us to do what we need to do. He said, greater works than these that he was doing shall we do. And we just forgot. And so I'm glad you said that. And and so when we when we are able to come into that level aware of awareness of who we are, of who we really are, that's when life happens, man. And so uh, I have become so free. I'm so excited. I'm uh, I, I've, I've de-aged by 20 plus years. You know, I look like I'm in my mid thirties now instead of my mid fifties. And, uh, I just feel great. Everything's great. Everything. I expect nothing but positive things to happen around me now. I don't expect the, the ball to drop like I used to all the time. And, um, uh, it's because we're operating from that place of faith of knowing that we are creators, everything in our life that we have today, we created it, whether we like it or not, uh, it, we're responsible for it. <laughs> and so when we get that level of awareness, I think it, it's just a place where we get to make some better decisions going forward. Well, it's like when we shed these masks, when we shed all these layers of scar tissue and trauma and all the things that we've experienced in our life, we, we, we find this other side of ourselves that we thought we had to hide away. We thought we couldn't show people that part of us. And, and that's what true freedom is all about. You know, we're here talking about naming your number, talking about reaching freedom financially. But to be honest, for some people, I know I've been one of them and still am on that path that the only way I can ever be truly free is to be able to let go 
of some of those things. To be able to let go of the blame and the shame and the guilt, let go of all of those emotions, those negative feelings, and then replace them through the work that we're talking about, through meditation, through inner child work, through all the different modalities that are available to us to be able to reach inside and start shedding those layers and then sitting down and envisioning the beautiful life and future that we're living right now. And that's the place where some really incredible things happen because you start feeling whole. You start realizing you don't have to look externally to, for that validation or that fulfillment that you actually can create it inside. And what's phenomenal that I've found, I'd be curious your thought on this, is that when I'm in that state of wholeness, when I'm in that state of letting go and being okay, then I can actually go solve the problems. Whatever that problem is, we got a big problem on a project, cool, let's go figure out and solve it. If I can let it go, I can come to that place from such a stronger position versus if I'm going there emotionally with all that fear and baggage. But if I can come to a place of faith, let's look at this in reality, then we're, we can actually face those things and really open up another level. What are your thoughts? I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And, you know, I've, I've heard this freedom thing so many times and I hear the freedom number, what's your freedom number that you can just live forever. And the other day, one of my mentors, uh, <laughs> it was so funny because he's like 33 years old and he's one of my closest friends and he's a mentor. So he's younger than my son. And uh, he asked me, Alvin, what do you want? And that's like, what do you mean, what do I want? No, really, what do you want? And I couldn't answer that because that's so vast. I said, what do you want? He said, I want freedom. I said, well, tell me about that freedom. And so I have implemented one of his thoughts. And what he said was, he said, Alvin, oh. and he's been asking me for the last few months, what do I like to do? What do I don't like to do? And all of these things as we're recreating this new company, this new life of mine. Um, he said, I want to be free from doing the things that I don't want to do. Mm. So I don't need a freedom number because if I'm doing only what I want to do, then I'm operating in my highest and best self. I'm the happiest I'll ever want to be. And so if I'm doing that in a way that's providing an income for me, I'll probably never quit doing it because we're going to continue to create. So we may as well create something that we want. And so he's not the kind of guy, neither am I, that can just have money coming in and go sit around and go fishing for the rest of my life because that's not productive so totally i think now that that freedom unless you're gonna sell a fish but anyway i'll feed somebody <laughs> i think the interesting thing is that it's not to me it's not a one or the other but it's an and the only way that naming your number really makes sense to do is as a starting point for people who are unclear about where they're at financially so they can have one single target of what they're working towards. But the targets can grow, right? Your target number today might be, well, it costs me $10,000 a month to live with a little bit of emergency savings. So my number is 10,000. But when I sit down and I create my dream life vision and I answer those questions that you're talking about and I get clear, like, what do I wanna do? Who do I wanna help? Why is this important? What, what difference do I wanna make in the world? What gives me energy? And like, what emotions do I wanna feel? Wow, well, maybe that number might be different or maybe more importantly, I'm gonna be focused on doing those things that fill me up 
And in the end, you end up finding that you're able to create so much more wealth and income when you're actually in that place of alignment. For a lot of people though, they need that, they're so focused on that scarcity. They're so focused on what they don't have that when they can target, well, okay, well, at least I'm clear on this. And so now I can actually step aside to get clear on what matters most, which is what you're talking about. That's exactly it. And so when we focus on just doing those things, the money always comes. The, that, those things, just it'll just come because you're being productive, because we're creating. And um, so then that freedom number is not such a big deal because as you said, it's, it's happiness. It's, and as long as it's reciprocating itself and it, and it, cont- and it will, um, then that, it just kind of takes care of itself. Now, I don't want to sound like, you know, so, what's the word? spiritual spooky or any of that kind of stuff that if you just do the right thing the right things will happen but if you just do the right things the right things will always happen (laughs) man it's funny because a lot of people are allergic to that spirituality but when you actually get down to it whether you're talking about god or oneness or the universe or christianity or judaism or your atheist whatever it is when you can connect to that understanding that when you do the right thing when you live in alignment with who you were naturally meant to be, a lot of amazing things happen. Stuff just starts showing up. It's that alignment with who you were made to be. And when you can figure that part out, and it may be as simple as understanding what you like to do. Because sometimes those likes kind of go along with our purpose, sometimes. And uh, probably innately. They, they probably really do if we just peel back the onion far enough and ask the right questions. So uh, I hadn't had one of these kind of conversations. In a long time. I think it's really beneficial because it's like so oftentimes we get so caught up in the idea of our business or our job or what's that next investment strategy that's going to get them there. And guess what? I can mm-hmm. and I'm sure you can as well. We can both teach people a lot of stuff about how to get into that place. But ironically, if you get this stuff clear while you're learning the skills and knowledge, some really amazing things happen. But because we're on this topic, I'm curious, like you're at a point where I feel like a lot of people are at. They're at a point where they're looking to figure out like what's important in their life and you're defining it. So tell us a little bit about what is that vision for the life that you're creating? What are those things that you're doing? How are you helping people? What are you looking to build? Not only from the business standpoint, I'd love to hear about that. I think the audience would as well, but also from a personal standpoint, because I think at the end of the day, that's really what we're talking about matters. It is. Um, that freedom of doing only what I want to do uh, well, and what I want to do right now. And, and it started more so with what am I good at? And so, mm-hmm. and we're talking about work first and, and you know, work and life kind of correlate. So he asked me, Alvin, what are you good at? I said, I know, but I don't really know. Because sometimes the things that we find very easy to do you may not put that much value on them. He said, well, let me tell you what I know about you and what you're good at. He said, then we're going to pick up the phone and we're going to call four other people and ask them the same thing. Mm. That was kind of scary. But uh, Mm -hmm. when we got the second person on the phone, I said, hey, do you love me? Yeah, I love you. Okay, good. You're going to answer these questions with Darren and I need you to just be as honest as you can. Nothing that you say will affect our relationship, I promise. And so he asked, what is Alvin good at? And what are his weaknesses? Between the four other people, all five answers were consistent. 
I mean, almost to the T. He had to ask a couple of questions to get down to, to the nitty gritty on a couple of them because they were real apprehensive about the weakness side. Uh, but we got there, and so me now understanding what I, what I, what I thought I was good at, and understanding what other people see me being good at, that kind of solidified how I felt about me. And so now that I know I'm good at that, I really like it. So how can I do just that in my business? And so if I'm doing just that at work, then I'm happier when I go home. I'm happier when I'm around other people. And and so I'm not really affected by some of the other things because I'm not doing anything I don't want to do. And so by having that part solidified, now what it does is I believe that because in work, we're building a team and building a company and all this stuff to support other organizations as a consultant company all the things that I am not good at or I don't want to do, the universe, God, whatever you believe, those people will navigate to us because we're doing what we're supposed to believe. Or we're doing what we're mm -hmm. good at and what we're supposed to be doing. And we believe that way, and it really, really does happen. And so mm -hmm. people ask me, what do I do? Well, as a profession, we develop workforce and affordable housing. But what I mm -hmm. really believe I do is I create opportunities for people. Mm -hmm. So I create opportunities for associates to come work with me. I create opportunities for contractors to bill for us. I create opportunities for high net worth individuals to earn double digit returns on their money. I create opportunities for families that need housing to live in a great, safe, decent environment. So everything I do is, like I said, we're creating whether we like it or not, whether we believe it or not. So all, those are the things that I love to create. So when I'm doing those things, creating those things, it puts me in a place of being happy, of free, of just being my ideal self. So when I go home, my ideal life is the same way because I've been doing everything that I want to do. And so mm -hmm. when I bring people into my, into my sphere, when they come into my sphere, if they have the opportunity to do only what they want to do, then look at what kind of environment we've created. We've got mm -hmm. an environment where everybody's happy, everybody's free, everybody's doing only what they want to do. Sometimes we have to do what we have to do, right? We just got to do it. But when you can kind of design a system around doing only those things and have everybody else on the team doing that same thing, and then you hire out the other things that you have to do, then it just makes work so much more pleasant and so I've taken that same thing home. And now at home, I only do what I want to do. Uh, everybody at home only does what they want to do. And we hire out for what we don't want to do. And that has created opportunity for somebody else to do what they like to do as well. Whether that's the yard man, whether that's a cook, whether that whoever that is, we've created another opportunity for somebody else to do something. So it is, it is freed up the freedom that I get from doing that at work and at home, just it, it, it has just created a totally different life. And so now, uh, I believe that we'll, us creating this kind of life will allow me to create the opportunity that I wanted to have 20,000 affordable units, workforce housing units in the next five years. Uh, and so guess how many people we get to help by creating those opportunities? All of these families that'll live there, all of, yeah. the, all of the associates that'll work for the construction companies that build these units, all the finance people that'll help us finance these things, 
I mean, that's a ripple effect that'll go on for years and years and years and years and years. And I get to be the one that kind of thought about that and walk this thing out. And I get to do it with people that get to do only what they want to do. And so it's really so dynamic to have that kind of thought process now as I enter uh, the best part of my life. What do you think about Well, that? I feel like to, to really look back at some of those key things that you shared about there, Alvin, is you're really talking about getting clear on what you want, why you want it, what you want from your life. And with part of that is what are you really good at? What are you good at? What are you not good at? What gives you energy? What takes it away? And when you can get clear on that, when you can actually step into that and ask yourself the questions honestly and open up to other people in your life or bring in a coach or a mentor who can do that so that they can feel a little bit more comfortable sharing the things that are challenges or weaknesses because a lot of people don't want to tell you something that they think might hurt you. But at the same time, it's so valuable to be able to hear it because when you can be honest with yourself, when you can have that self-awareness, you can then make decisions from that place. And when you tie that in, just to summarize what you said, to tie that into this idea of just being who you were meant to be and, and having that intention and that vision of what you're creating in your life, you then invite other people into your world who are able to then live that same style of living and really enjoy what they do because they're really good at it and they get a lot from it and they're able to get you closer to that end outcome of you know, making a huge impact in the world, helping all of these tens of thousands of families that live in your units or all the people who kind of trickle down the line from that business and all the benefit that it brings. I love that. That's a fact. And so, man, I, I, I mean, this is, I feel like I'm in the best season of my life right now. And, um, you know, the real estate market is challenging. It's, you know, it, our interest rates have gone up. We've got insurance going up 200, 300% on some properties. I mean, everything that you can imagine is going on in the economy and, you know, people not being able to pay rent. Some people can. Um, and those things, if we worried about those things, man, we would just not have a good life. And now that we yeah. have the ability to just set this thing on, on, on just doing the best we can do across the board, being the best we can be. One of my other good friends said, as we get better, it gets better. As we mm. get better, everything in our, everything in our influence gets better. Everything we see gets better. Everybody we know get better because we have seen it from a better position. And so I'm just, just thriving to always become that better person. And, and, uh, as I get better, it all gets better. It's so true. And I think we've been, we've really been having this conversation at a very high frequency, a very high level. We're talking from a place that I hope many of you who are listening are, are understanding and can relate to. And if you can't even better, because there's an opportunity to be able to say, Hmm, I wonder what's going on there. I wonder how he got to that place of thinking like that and really change his mindset. And with the investor mindset, we talk a lot about the importance of shifting the way that you think, stepping into a new way of thinking. And I think that's exactly what we're talking about here, Alvin. And so for those folks who aren't super familiar, I think you have a really inspiring story of coming into the real estate space. A lot of times when, when people hear folks that you know own commercial real estate and own tens or hundreds of millions of dollars of real estate, they can sometimes look and say, hey, 
well, that's cool that he did it, but I'm not, you know, I don't really know how I could ever get there. Would you mind just sharing a, a brief version of kind of that path towards you learning this business? Because I think through that process of finding a great mentor and being willing to do whatever it takes to learn the things that you've learned, when we apply that thinking with what we've been talking about so far, I think it really opens up kind of rocket fuel for people to be able to launch themselves into whatever new life they want to create. Yeah, not a problem. Um, you know, it sounds good on this side of it, but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I started out right out of high school painting houses. And uh, so not just your typical A-frame little house. These houses were 10 to 15,000 square feet. This was in the early 80s. And uh, they throw me in a closet and I'd have to sand the sheetrock until it was smooth. And I'd have to putty the nail holes with putty until you couldn't tell that there was a nail there. And so I really learned that. And so I got really good at painting. And then a couple of years later, the guy I was working for went out of business and I started knocking on doors because I still had to eat. And um, I knocked on a guy's door and I was painting your house for 250 if you bought all the paint. You know, all these houses were brick houses. So all I had to do was paint, you know, one story eaves and things like that. No big deal, half a day. And uh, this guy said, I know you used to work for such and such, and we're doing this hotel. Uh, could you get some guys to, to work with you if I gave you a paint job? I said, oh, yeah, no problem. So I think I was 19 or 20 years old, and that situation turned me into a millionaire. We worked on that job for a couple of years, and by the time it was done, we had done several million dollars worth of work, and I had a million dollars in the bank. It was really great, and um, at least I thought it was great until it wasn't great. And uh, mm -hmm. I think it was 1989, my son's third birthday. Um, all the money was gone. The interest rates were over 18%. Um, nobody was doing any construction work anywhere with those kind of interest rates. Nobody was, nobody I knew anywhere. And so I didn't have any more money. And on my son's third birthday, I didn't have enough money to buy him a Hot Wheel car. We were literally getting kicked out of our house that day. And uh, I thought that they would be better off without me. So I went and put a 38 to my head, pulled the trigger, the gun didn't go off, took a bottle of nitroglycerin mm. pills, woke up 10 days later in the hospital and said, man, you are a freaking loser. Mm. You couldn't even kill yourself. Mm. Let's fast forward past that trauma and uh, got back into real estate a few years later and uh, about 1996. So I drove a truck for three years after that. They, my family nursed me back to health. Um, but we never talked about that situation. Never talked about it. Mm -hmm. And so um, I got it back into real estate. And about 1996, the guy introduced me to what a mortgage company was. I had been doing second mortgages for clients in their home and didn't know it. Hey, fill out this two-page application and the money mm -hmm. will show up in your bank account and pay me. I didn't know there was a mortgage until I opened a mortgage company uh, in 96 and did that from 96 to about 2008, 12 years. Uh, we had our own warehouse lines of credit. We were funding our own loans. So, you know, I rode through the, the end of the 90s and into the 2000s being a lender and doing that on a really high level. And then about 2008, of course, the world changed again uh, financially. But at the beginning of that year, I met a gentleman that had 16,000 units of apartments. Mm. And uh, he wanted to help me. And so he gave me a couple of, of assignments and uh for three weeks i would call him after meeting he flew into dallas and met with me i drove up from houston to dallas met him 
This guy was so good looking. He walked in the room, sucked all the air out of the room. I'd never seen anything like this before. Mm. And so after that meeting, he told me he'd help me. And for three weeks, he gave me assignments. And I'd call him, and he'd answer the phone. And he'd tell me, nope, that's not right. Nope, that's not good. This is why that won't work. And after those three calls, he quit answering my call. I called him for 49 weeks after that. And mm. I think it was February of 2008. He said, Alvin, man, I am so tired of you calling me. I said, oh, you know, it was me. He said, yeah, I know it was you. I've never <laughs> met anybody as tenacious as you. So if you want to know what we do, you can get up here next month and stay for 30 days. And uh, I'll put you up. I'll send you home every weekend. And, and then we'll see how where that goes. March 1st, 2008, I showed up at his office with the biggest suitcase. I wasn't planning on leaving. After 30 days, he asked me if I was going to stay. I said, I'm not going home unless you send me home. But he gave me the opportunity to go into every property, every building, any office, into his office. I sat in the board meetings. I met with him and a few of his investors from time to time, went to the banks. He really let me know how this thing, how, how big it was, how it worked. But there was still a lot of unanswered questions. But anyway, uh, 13 months after the day I got there, he died in a car wreck. And uh, after about a month or so, I became the president of that foundation. The board asked me to step in. I was one of five or six people that were left out of over 150, 200 employees. Uh, again, 16,000 units of apartments. When he died, the foundation got put into a bankruptcy. We had to sit there and write a bankruptcy plan. So I learned a lot about bankruptcy and plans. And me and a group of uh, misfit individuals did that. And I say misfit only because we were not qualified to do that or by by profession or by training. But God doesn't always call the qualified. He just calls the ones that are willing to go. And so we did that. And after, after two years of battling with that, the bankruptcy was over. Uh, the trustee was put in place. I got fired. And um, then I realized that nobody's going to hire you. <laughs> you started over there as a volunteer. Then the, the company went into bankruptcy, and then you got fired. And then, so what are you going to do? And I just didn't know what to do. And uh, my friend's family gave me an opportunity to take over what is now Hope Housing Foundation. And they put a board in place, and the board hired me to be the president. And we said, man, we're going to go buy some apartments, one building at a time, and make some money and change how some people live. I'll use my color and my influence to show some of these kids in these ghettos that, hey, you can succeed. You don't, you know, just because we're brown skin, black skin, whatever you want to be, does not is not a disadvantage. Uh, it's actually an advantage for you to do better and show other people that you can do better. So I've always wanted to use my platform to help other people. I, I just feel like it's such a valuable story for people to hear because oftentimes, you know, where we're at today doesn't represent where we came from. And what I really take away from that story and what I hope others will take away is just the importance of flowing with the challenges that come because they will without a doubt. We're talking about challenges at the beginning. We're talking about challenges that are coming and there's no doubt they're going to come. And so when you can prepare yourself to be able to flow with those challenges and know that another opportunity is around the corner, especially if you go after it. Because you put yourself in a position to be able to go learn from somebody else who is already living the life or running the business or had some knowledge and skill that you didn't have. And by putting yourself in that yeah. position, be willing to do whatever it took 
to be able to be of value and service to that person, that person was able to share so much with you. And it's really led you to be able to build, you know, such a real estate empire and be able to really inspire other people to be able to get back up, keep going, find their way out of whatever situation they're in. And I think it, it really just goes to show, you know, what's possible. So this has been a lot of fun. I wish we had more time to be able to dive deeper in. Would you share with the audience? We've got one more question after this to wrap up. Would you share with the audience a little bit about what you're working on and how people can get in touch with you? Sure. Thank you. Um, what we're doing now is we've got about a thousand units of uh, workforce housing uh, under development right now. Uh, we'll be breaking ground on 685 of those units within the next 45 days. And as 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 being a creator, I'll say this really quickly. You know, we're doing workforce housing, and what that means is that we're focusing on people that make between 60 and 80 percent of the area median income in specific markets. And the markets we're looking at have area median incomes of above $80,000 a year. So that means that our ideal client tenant would make 60 percent of that $48,000 a year. Great tenant great workforce housing community. So as a minimum about that, and as a, there's no maximum. But uh, so we have put together this platform to, to do these units for workforce housing all across the country. And we're doing this with 501c3 tax exempt bonds. These tax exempt bonds allow people that partner with us the opportunity to make these double digit crazy returns on their investment backed by tax exempt bonds because they become part of the debt stack and all of the money that they make from these investments is exempted from their income tax. It's an absolute mm -hmm. amazing thing that the IRS has done. It's been going on for hundreds of years. You think about every municipal bond across the country to build stadiums and schools and all of these things. There's There are companies that buy those and those companies that buy those municipal bonds don't pay income tax on their gains. And so this is just another way of doing it with housing. We're doing the same thing. We're putting together some institutional quality funds for that, uh, that are backed by these real estate bonds. And uh, it's really, really a safe investment when our partners and investors become part of the debt stack, because in any real estate transaction, the debt always gets paid. Limited partners don't always get paid. And so we've put these things together where our partners and investors can become part of the debt stack and make these returns that are exempted from income tax and to help us do something really great. I mean, 20,000 units of affordable workforce housing across the country in the next five or six years is just a phenomenal task. Uh, but when we can do it because there's so much money out there, there's so many people that want to do good while doing good. And uh, that's what we, that's what we're charged with. And uh, that's what we're, that's what we put together. What's that email address? Oh, thanks. Oh, I forgot. yeah, Alvin at 372hope.org. That's A-L-V-I-N at 372hope.org. Hope Housing Foundation is the website for the C3, uh, the nonprofit that we that we uh, champion that's uh, spearheading this initiative. So, Well, amazing, amazing. This is some really powerful stuff and really enjoyed the conversation of getting to know you. And in, in just one sentence, answer this question, we'll wrap up. What's your advice for those who are listening who are on that path towards creating their ultimate dream life and being able to live that life free from any of the worries or 
challenges that they're currently facing today? I think it starts with self-awareness. Um, that's becoming aware of where you are right now. Uh, becoming aware of how much money you're spending, becoming aware of how much money you make, becoming aware of your budget, all those things. It's, it starts with self-awareness, right? And so my advice would be to become as much aware as you can. So becoming super, super aware of where you are and then where you want to go. Because if you can, if you can figure that out, I mean, with, with certainty of what you want, then you'll get there. But if you don't know where you're going or where you want to be, guess what? You'll, you'll get there and not even know it. And that, that's a life that's not well lived. Such good advice. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Elvin Hope Johnson people. Uh, definitely follow him on Instagram and uh, appreciate you joining us, Alvin. We'll see you next time. Today's episode is sponsored by Von Finch Capital. If you're interested in investing alongside me in the same type of real estate opportunities that I personally invest in, then head over to Von Finch Capital and join their private investor network. You can do so at vonfinch.com slash invest. Join me on that next deal. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insider Club, where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level.